Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patent hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. I know for me, when I travel, I want to have everything kind of hooked up together so that when I'm going and on the go, everything is together and I feel safe and secure. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in our show notes, DB, it's time to move on, time to get going. Happy Friday. We have made it to what, episode 17? This is episode 17 of season four. That's not, that's not an easy task. Um, I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for this space that we have created And I say we because I feel like this is not just for me. First of all, this isn't for me. This is for all of you, my amazing listeners who are steadfast and making sure that you are supportive in every way. And I just can't tell you enough how appreciative I am of you guys listening, taking in on the journey. You know, in the first three seasons, we had guests here and there. But this season, we've had just about every episode has been a guest to some extent. The next couple of ones, I think to phase us out, I'm going to dwindle it down because I have been on other people's podcasts. So as I get information to promote other people's podcasts that I have been guest starring on, I will give you that information. But it's been a journey like the podcasting community in itself is one of the most supportive communities you could ever be a part of. I say that honestly and truly the blog community, although I am a blogger, if this is your first time, um, let me introduce myself. Hi, I'm Toy of Conversations with Toy. Um, We talk about all kinds of things. We talk about life as it happens. We talk about the good, the bad, and the not so good. We are talking about it because, again, we know that in having conversations, whether they are difficult, which today's episode will be very difficult, um, we know that having those difficult conversations are always necessary to get us to our best selves. And today's episode is going to be about grief. There are so many levels of grief, whether you're grieving a loved one that has passed and transitioned. Um, You could be grieving, you know, something that you, a life you always wanted to have, but didn't. Um, Grief does not stop at death. Grief is very encompassing and um, it goes to different levels. And how interesting that unfortunately on this amazing episode that we're talking about grief, which, you know, again, I want to put a trigger warning out. If you are at a different phase of your grieving process, because we know that it's a process and this episode is too hard for you to listen to, save it, save it for when you're able to um, tap in. But interesting enough, as we're talking about this episode of, and talking about grief, my immediate, well, not my immediate family anymore because I have my own immediate family, but my parents and brother and sister, um, we just experienced the death of our dog. And I say our dog because that has been our family dog for the past 13 years. And that dog was with me when I didn't even have a child. So um, watching my own daughter grow and then being that the dog has been around our family, you know, it's been really, really tough. So um, shout out to my parents and my siblings as they're, you know, dealing with the grief of our dog passing. And, um, you know, our dog, Sammy was an amazing dog and he was my furry brother. Everyone who knows me knows I talk about my furry brother and, um, you know, my parents, I call him my parents real child because they spoiled that dog to no end. Um, 
But again, you know, any dog owners that know when you have a dog, they become a part of your family. And they're not just a pet. So I'm going to send healing and blessings and prayer as they can, you know, continue their healing journey. Um, but we're going to talk about grief today. And again, I have to stress, if this episode becomes too intense for you, please put a pause to it. Put a little stop. Come back when you are ready. But we are going to talk about how to have joy and find joy um, past the grieving stage. And again, the stage doesn't necessarily end, but you learn different ways of trying to um, help yourself and self-care and different ways that you need to take care of yourself. We have Emily, because I'm not, I can tell you right now, I am not um, the grief expert in that. I'm not at all. Um, With me and grief, it's very dark. I'm not a fan of it. I try every way to like avoid it. So I'm not your expert today. We have Emily. She is your expert for today. She is going to tell you um, her journey with grief, um, the things that she's done with it. And she's written a book and she's going to talk about that as well. She has a support system out there. So if you're looking for someone to help you through that and you need a support system, she has one built in. We're just going to get into some amazing, amazing um, parts of the episode. And again, Got to keep saying again, trigger warning, in case you are still struggling in a part of grief that doesn't allow you to be open enough to hear um, the information that we're going to share today. Uh, Just a little bit of an update, just with life in general. Um, These last two weeks, I would even say three weeks, have been filled with more media events. Um, one thing that they're doing to be cautious is that they're making sure that everybody has their vaccinations and that everybody wears their mask and things of that sort. So I do feel very secure. Some people may not be comfortable um, going to the media events. They are so scaled back. There is a very limited amount of people that are at these events. It's invite only. Um, oftentimes we don't even get to bring a plus one. Sometimes we do. I'm okay with that either way. I'm honestly okay with that because again, we're in this world where COVID is still very real. COVID is still very much um, a part of our everyday lives. You know, again, I've been praying the prayer protection over my family, my children as they're back in school. And um, where I think we're at week three, this is week three, but the second full week of school, we are surviving. There are some things that we still have to go back and correct. And I am going to do our best, or I should say, we're going to do our best to implement that change so that we can see our kids do well with the fact that they're transitioning back into school. It's not easy after being out of the school, the traditional sense for the last almost two years. So that's, that's what's going on. Again, media events has been going on this week. The media events that I've attended um, have been two um, restaurants and they have been amazing. Tinto, um, in Philadelphia, um, as well as ancient spirits and grill, ancient spirits and grill is a different level of experience where you basically almost like a wellness. It's like self-care wellness and a restaurant all mixed into one. Um, Tinto was out here giving out all the date night vibes for $28. You get a bottle of wine and a three course meal. I mean, honestly, <laughs> That's pretty good for two people. And it's not per person. It's $28. So I th- wait a minute. It actually may be $28 per person. But nonetheless, that's still a good price. Either way, um, it's it's just a very good deal. And so I'm grateful to have experienced it. If you want to, you can go and read on the blog. That's at Toy Time, T-O-I-T-I-M-E dot org. Follow along the journey. I talk about everything. So I will tell you this. I just spoke at an event. Um, this was last week where I spoke in an audience of people and they were just wanting to learn about more about blogging and all of those different things. And I'm going to tell you, like I said to them, I am not everyone's favorite blogger. If you are coming to for me to do all like the fancy TikTok dances and you're looking for me to do all that stuff, that is not my, that's not my my calling at all. Um, I am talking mostly about anxiety, self-care and people are like, well, you're always at a restaurant and and at a, you know, at an event. But the reality of it is the strength that it takes for me to one, get dressed, to go to an event where I may know people. And sometimes I don't know people. My anxiety levels goes up. Um, I have a device called call me go and I carry that device with me everywhere I go. 
And the reason is super simple. That device helps to basically regulate my breathing, which is one thing that helps with my anxiety. I experience anxiety as I'm getting dressed to go out to all these events. So as many as events that you see me going to, doesn't matter if I'm comfortable with the people or not, my level of anxiety just goes through the roost because I'm balancing at most of the time, putting dinner on the table, cleaning the house before I leave, getting the kids homework situated. You know, and then deciding, am I taking an Uber? Am I getting my husband to drop me off? Um, Am I driving? And then if that's the case, what time do I need to leave to get there? So a lot of these types of questions that go through my mind as I'm preparing to leave doesn't always uh, allot me to just go and go with the flow. I still deal with anxiety. I still deal with that very strongly. Um, And not even just with going to events, you know, once you get there, interacting with other people and meeting new people, Um, just with COVID, you know, we don't actually do a lot of co-mingling. But when I'm at an event by myself, which I would say for the majority I am, you know, there's that moment where I have to be alert of the things that that's going on. And like, I need to be alert of the things that I need. So I'm just, you know, trying to be aware. And sometimes in that awareness, you know, the stress of trying to figure it all out, is it is very, very much um, overwhelming. So anyone who's dealing with social anxiety like I do, as much as I socialize, as much as I go out, it's just never going to change. However, it's been a great week. I cannot complain. And if you thought that was a complaint, trust me, that is not. Um, I'm always aware and being very clear about the things that we all struggle daily, you know, daily with. So Um, next week I got a request to talk about anxiety and dating. Um, that's going to be an interesting topic because I don't think people realize the amount of anxiety that a person may feel as they're going out to date, to date, to a date, but then the process of the actual dating process of asking questions, you're getting to know that person, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And if you're dealing with anxiety and that person doesn't deal with anxiety or doesn't understand anxiety, or do you even bring up the fact that you have anxiety without feeling like that person may perceive you as to be something that, you know, is un. I don't even know what's the word, what, you know, you're not able to talk to them. Like, it's just, there's different levels. And so I just say that I am always trying to find the best way to support. And so when someone sends me a request and they say, Hey, can you cover this? I'm going to cover that. So next week I will be talking about dating and anxiety, um, because I think it's important. I honestly think it's important for those who are dealing with it and um are struggling with that like how do you approach the situation how do you approach that conversation or how do you approach the different aspects of the dating process and you're dealing with your own anxiety so you can't determine what's anxiety and what's real we're going to talk about all of that next week so thank you to my um listener who sent me that information sent me an email you can always send me an email if you want to get a certain topic on the show if i feel like it's an important one that not that I, that I feel that's important, but if I feel that it fits, we will discuss it. So that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Um, this week we have Miss Emily and we are in for a treat. She is from, or she lives, I should say now and resides in Hawaii. If you have ever been to Hawaii, you know, just how beautiful that state is. You know how the islands are extremely immaculate. There's a sense of level of peace that comes from being on, um, or in Hawaii. Uh, my husband and I went to Hawaii for our honeymoon. And it was probably one of the best, if not the best, um, experience that we've had. And, you know, the people are so, at this, you know, and I got to presume it's the same. But at that time, they were extremely welcoming. We didn't have any issues. Everybody just was about that aloha, which that that love. They, they just, everything was great. You know, I have no, 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 no regrets. But we have Emily um, Thorough Threats. She is the author of Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief, a comprehensive guide to reclaiming and cultivating joy and carrying on the face of loss. And also she is the winner of the Book Authority Best New Grief Book and the Silver Medal for the Living New Books Award. Emily has much experience in the grieving process and has learned to face life with love, optimism, and joy. Her mission is to comfort and support those those dealing with grief and loss while focusing on happiness. We are going to make sure that, first of all, she has her own website. She also is on Instagram. She's on Facebook. She also has a private Facebook. I'm going to leave all of that information in the show notes because, again, I want you to be supported. You know, when you... 
I don't know a lot of times when it's like to lose certain people because I haven't gotten to that stage of loss. For instance, my husband, when he lost his mother, I was only a support system because I don't know what it's like to lose mine. And I'm, I have that fortunate statement that I get to make. But as my husband always says, you know, there's like a club, an unspoken club, an unwanted club of people who have lost their mothers. Um, and I don't know what that pain is like. And so when he was going through his process and his continuously going through his process of the grief that he experiences from time to time, from moment to moment, from breath to breath, my job is to try to support. But as a support person, how do I then give him the support that he needs without feeling like I'm telling him what he needs, without feeling like I'm pushing him to what he should be doing? Um, pushing him to how he should be saying, how he should face every single day. It's a very delicate situation, but Emily does it so well. She talks about that part. I asked her, how do we get past that point where if you're a support person to a person who's dealing with grief, how do you deal with that? So again, I always stress, there's always nuggets of wisdom, as I like to call them, but things that you can put in practical use no matter where you are in life. If you're having experienced a true level of grief, that's fine. Listen in because when you get to that point, and unfortunately, we all will get to that point where we will experience someone close to us passing. You want to know what to do and how to get yourself through that process as you continue that journey. Um, and again, you could be grieving losses in different variations. So take a listen, tune in, lean in. If you are working out, you know, I always try to tell you, we see you. Continue pushing forward to your best self, whatever that may be, not necessarily a number, but just complete health. If you are calm and relaxed and you're just listening in, maybe you're having your favorite drink, high five and cheers to you. It is Friday. I hope that this weekend um, you're having a great weekend, that you find something that you enjoy, something that builds you back up, something that fills up your cup. And in the meantime, let's get into this episode and I will see you next Friday. All right. Happy Friday to every last one of you in our wonderful community. I'm so grateful that you're here. We have a treat for you. We're going to talk about some very um, hard conversations. We're going to have really go there conversations. We're going to be talking about grief today. If this is a trigger, this may be the reason why you need to go ahead and continue to listen because there is something that is there for you. We want to be able to help everyone in our community and everyone in our community goes through life in different various stages. So we're gonna talk about grief. We're gonna be talking about what to do after grief. And again, even if you've never experienced a very close grief that has been really close to you, there is a part of things that we grieve that you can apply certain principles and really apply that to different areas of your life about how to continue on when life throws you a curveball. I mean, there's so many things that you're going to gain from this conversation. And what I always tell everyone is there's things for you that's for you. Take what you need and leave what's not there for you so that you can leave that for somebody else because there's someone else that needs to hear this this episode. I'm always a firm believer that any guests that we have, they're not brought to us by mistake. Every guest that we have is here for a purpose. There's a person, a person that needs to hear that. And for this particular episode, there could be someone that's grieving that's stuck. They're not able to take that next step. They're stuck in grief so far that they're not able to figure out what it is that they need to do so they can become better. We're here to just be a sounding board through conversation. And we have Emily here today. She is going to introduce herself. You know how I love to do it. Allow every guest to introduce themselves the way that they choose. Um, that way we can make sure that they get their in, how they want to be introduced and you can hear for yourself the things that they're passionate about. So Emily, take it away. Aloha. I'm uh, coming to you from Maui, Hawaii, where I live. And my name is Emily Thoreau-Threat and I am the author of Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. And I have, uh, this isn't the first book I've written because I taught writing at the university level for many years and wrote three books on uh, teaching writing or how to, to uh, write. So when I actually have had two husbands that died uh, and my sister and my parents and lots of friends and relatives. So I've done a, a lot of grieving in my lifetime and I am not a counselor but I'm a writing instructor and I am also a certified happy for no reason trainer. So all that I do comes um, through the, the um, inspiration that comes from being happy while grieving. And from knowing that 
I'm a, I appear to people who are grieving that we can talk one to one as we would as as friends who are both having some of the same experiences. I love what you say about we're going to talk about the you know the grief because that's a large component of your book and the things that you're bringing to us today. Talk to me about. Let's go ahead and get into the grief part. So what is one of the very first steps, if you even have one that you can say, this is the first step that maybe you took that helped you in your own grieving process, because you have had, you know, a touch of grief and, and death has been very close to you. Um, what what if, if you're listening to having someone listen today that's grieving and, and they're, they're not sure what's their first step, what would be that first step? I always say that the very first thing that you need to do when you find yourself in a situation of grief is to take good care of yourself, because that's the first thing that we don't do. We have a tendency to either eat way too much or not eat adequately. We have a tendency to sit still or lie down and not, not move our bodies, mm -hmm. you know, not get up and walk around or, or go places or do things. We have a tendency to be quiet and not talk or if we do talk we might have a, a challenge finding someone to listen so and and another thing that people do is they don't change their clothes <laughs> and they, they don't bathe so and that's perfectly normal when you're grieving because that's the last thing you're thinking about so if you're aware that that sort of thing happens when you are first grieving, then you'll know that what you're doing is not that different than what other people do and that you can take care of yourself and that it's very, very important to take care of yourself then. I am a firm believer. Um, unfortunately, my husband's mother um, passed away a couple of years ago. And you're right. That was one of the first things that, you know, you would see him sit for days um, you know, not really getting, not really taking care of himself, kind of, you know, just existing, you know, we have small children and, you know, he was trying to interact with them, but he just wasn't, you know, the grief process was very strong for him and it was very overwhelming. And, you know, watching him go through that, it was like, you know, trying to wait in the water of trying to encourage him to move a little bit or to do little things here and there, but then not also wanting to overstep and, and, and make him move further along in the grieving process mm -hmm. for someone who is like myself, who is uh, a partner or a close person to someone who is grieving, what would you encourage someone who is watching or in, involved with someone who is grieving? What would be what they need to do? It's very important to be in close touch with whoever it is. Um, and number one, if they do talk, listen don't don't you don't have to comment on everything that they say you don't have to be having a conversation unless they're asking for that and that's okay but listen without judgment of anything that they're saying and listen uh, if you can do it in person nowadays with everything that's going on we can't always be in person but if you can do it in person uh, be close enough to the person that you can actually look them in the eye so that they know that you're really paying attention to whatever it is that they say and then if they ask you to comment or ask you questions, it's fine to answer, but it's more important for them to have the opportunity to say what they need to at that moment. That's really, really important. And don't judge them. Give them their space to do whatever it is that they need to do. You know, if, if you see, like, if they're not eating, then just bring them something to eat that you know that they like instead of asking them what they want or you know if you can get something for it just bring it for them and put it there so they, they're not having to make decisions about that it's it's just there um and then in in the same vein don't offer them like tons of bags of chips or, or nuts <laughs> or something just because right. you, you want to do something to make them feel better. So you, you give them a, a snack that they like and they can mindlessly sit there and eat a, a huge uh, bag of chips that they didn't really need to eat, but it's there. So they're eating it. So it's, it's kind of an observation that's important to do with them. And, and really don't take anything personally. Uh, I know when my, my husband's mom died, he just kind of didn't know what to do. He, he was a brilliant man. 
-hmm. And he just, um, it just was kind of floundering. And she owned a home and he knew that we needed to sell the home when she died. And he called somebody like the day after the funeral that he knew that was a realtor. And they came over and got everything signed up right away. Well, that house sold like within two days and we had to have everything out Mm -hmm. uh, and within that first month after she died. And he wasn't capable of handling that. He just, he couldn't, he couldn't handle all, all the arrangements. He couldn't handle going through her stuff, a whole house full of stuff. And so I got to do it, <laughs> but I was really grateful that I was able to be there and do that for him. And he'd helped me when my mom died. My mom died before his mom died. And uh, he was always there to help me. So I thought nothing of it. I just, whatever I saw that needed to be done, I took care of. And once it was all finished, everything that we had to do concerned with that, I'm not sure he even realized what I had done. And that wasn't important. What was important was that I did what needed to be done. He didn't have to worry about it and he could take care of himself and I could uh, also be there for him at the same time. I definitely understand how you, when you were describing the whole house situation, we didn't go through any of his mother's stuff for quite some time. I think it was months and I just wanted to go at his pace just to see where he was with that. Eventually we did. And he wanted me to help with that. And we did, but the emotional pull of that going through, this is the last of the stuff and then deciding what stays, what goes, that was very overwhelming. So, you know, anyone who's listening, who is a partner or close by, like it's very overwhelming. So make sure, like you said, that you can help. I wanted to talk about when we were talking before we started recording about you helping someone that you knew had passed, um, their, their spouse had passed and you helped them with the cards. I, can you tell that story? Cause I believe that's how it started with your book. And I really want you to share that story. Cause I think that's such a beautiful thing that you did first of all, and amazing first of all, cause it's so thoughtful. And I wanted you just to share that story too. Okay. I, I would be happy to, um, about seven months after my husband died, he had a, a really good friend on the mainland that we'd, we'd lived close to each other. Uh, our families did where we lived in, in California. And this friend just dropped dead one day. He mm. wasn't sick. He wasn't suffering from anything. Nobody anticipated it. It just was, he was there and then he wasn't. And he was a lot younger than my husband. My husband, he called my husband dad. So there was a, a really big age difference. Right. And I knew that his wife wasn't, wasn't ready for anything like that. Cause I'm sure it was the furthest thing from her imagination that her husband would be gone. He owned a big company. <laughs> she had to step in and actually take over the company. It, it was, a, it was a huge thing, but what I was mostly concerned about her right then is that they, they knew a lot of people and I could just see them all coming over to the house and saying, here, do this or do that. Or, you don't have to worry. You're young. You can get married again. All those horrible things that you don't say to somebody when they're craving. Wow. They so I, that. yeah, it's amazing what people will say. So I sat down and wrote her a, a long letter about these are things that are important for you to consider or think about right now. And these are things you don't need to deal with right now. It's, it's just not important. It's more important for you to take care of you. And I knew she wouldn't be able to talk on the phone because this was just hour after he, hours after he died. And I knew that she wouldn't be checking her email. And I didn't know how long a letter would take to get from Hawaii to the mainland because that's always a challenge. We never quite know when <laughs> something's going to arrive. Right. So I wrote it out and uh, sent it as an email to a mutual friend of ours that lived close to her so that she could hand carry it to her and she could have it right away. And she let me know after that, uh, a, a while after that, I wasn't, I, I was sure she got the letter, but I wasn't sure how she felt about it. And finally she called me and she goes, I just have to tell you how much that letter meant to me that it, it made a real difference. Cause I hadn't thought about anything like that before. And Though I felt good about that, I thought I've got to do more because she's, you know, this, it, this isn't just a, something you do when it's over. Right. So I thought what I could do was send her 
a or a card every week for the first year after her husband died. So I thought that's that's a lot of uh, write fifty two different things. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of writing lot to write down. Right. <laughs> and I I decided that I would um, sit down and and write some things out and see what I came up with and within a day, I usually came up with 52 different things that would be appropriate to say at different times throughout that whole first year. Right. So I felt good about that. And I uh, made the cards. I, I take pictures here on Hawaii with my phone all the time. Cause there's all, I'm always seeing something beautiful. Hawaii is a beautiful place. Oh yeah. I've been there. So I, oh, it's, it's, it's really wonderful. So I would put a picture on the front of the card and then put whatever the message was inside. And as I was putting them together as, as a writer myself, I thought, you know what? I have an outline for a book. And so I started writing it. Um, one of the, the way the book works is each chapter is on a different subject. Like each one of the cards was on a different subject. And some of them, They'll have my experiences. They'll have other people that I interviewed that right. had uh, experiences along that line. And also at the end of each chapter, it has something active for the reader to do to help mm -hmm. them. Um, and a lot of them are, are writing things because that's kind of how do I gear things. But there are other things, too, that aren't writing things that I put in, in that help at the end of the chapters. And people have told me that it's, it, you know, it's so good to have something that they can do because it's one thing I, I know I started reading a lot of books after my first husband that died, uh, died. And it seemed like they were all memoirs. Everybody was telling you their story. And while it's important to tell your story, I wasn't finding the, the help I needed in reading those books. I wanted somebody to just say that this is what you can do. Or these are things that happen. And so think about this. And so that's the way I wanted to create my book to be able to really help people who are in the process of grieving. And because each chapter is different, you can just look at the table of contents and go, oh, that's what I really need to think about today, <laughs> you know, and, and read that chapter. Which is very good because, you and I'm a firm believer of getting what you need. Um, your concept of happiness beyond grief. What does happiness look like if you're grieving and you feel like the road has come tumbling down over you, that intensity of the grief and how, how you may not even see yourself, how can someone with this amount of grief on them, regardless of what stage they are, how do they see happiness? What does that look like? I know some people think that you can't use those two words in the same sentence because it just doesn't make right. sense to them. Um, and with me, I know both times with my husband's the, the first few weeks, I, it wasn't that I wasn't talking about or thinking about happiness. I was just kind of, they, they call it a widow fog mm -hmm. <laughs> that you just uh, not connecting for real. And when I finally started needing something more than just sitting around i i found hallmark movies on tv which i haven't watched before but i found that they were they were mostly kind of positive and upbeat they all had the same basic plot so you didn't have to worry about uh how it was going to turn out and they all had a happy ending and so i i kind of binge watched those or kind of had them on i'm not sure i'd say that i watched them because i just i needed some kind of comfort like that and I was realizing with that, that whatever challenge they had in the movie, they always were happy in the end. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, my, uh, both of my husbands were, were happy people. They were basically very happy. And I knew that, that either one of them would not be happy if they could see me at that point and realize that I just couldn't find happiness in my life. And so I, I started kind of trying to pay attention to that. And I remembered when my, my aunt had been in a terrible car accident where her husband had been killed and she was uh, very close to dying and took a long time to recover from it. And she was uh, at her home, had a hospital bed in her living room. And I, so I went to visit her and she had a, a copy of the movie Patch Adams. Mm, yes, I love Patch Adams. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great Amazing. movie. <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. And I said, oh, do you like that movie? And she goes, yeah, I love it. I watch it every day. I said, what? <laughs> that's, that's a lot. And right. she said, I, I love it because it's a place that I can smile. You know, I, I'm not thinking about anybody else or anything else that's going on. I can just let go of my breath and, and be able to smile and, and even laugh a little and that it feels so good to do that. And that was a real lesson to me that, that, that happiness is really important. Uh, just reminded me of a, a bird that we had a, a cockatiel that had my husband's laugh. I'd sometimes think he was home from work because the bird would be laughing. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's how much my husband laughed. He was just a, a happy guy. And it, having that laughter, you can't help but smile. You know, whether he was there, or it was the bird. <laughs> uh, it, it, I never quite knew. So it, it always kind of made me chuckle. And, and I love to do that. But happiness can, uh, it's so healthy for you to be able to be happy. And let me back up a little bit. People think with grieving that they, I hear people say they'll get over it or mm -hmm. they'll get through it. And I don't believe that that happens. I don't believe that there are five stages of grief. That's a whole another discussion. Yeah. I, I don't believe it's, you know, it, it's different for each person. But what I do believe is that you will always hold somebody you love close in your heart, whether they're alive in physical form or not, they're still going to be in your heart as, as long as you're alive. And as long as you're in your heart, you, you grieve them, but that doesn't mean you're, you're crying every time you think of them. Um, I mentioned something about what to say to somebody when they're, they're grieving. And a lot of people say, I'm sorry for your loss. And I mm -hmm. can't stand that. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> say that. Stop saying that now. But what you can say is something positive about the person who, who died. And people would say things to me uh, with shock, things like, how they loved his singing voice and how they, they would go anytime they knew he was performing, they would go so they could listen to him sing because it, it made them so happy to listen to him sing. Or they liked to watch him act in plays because he, he was a, a really fun performer. Uh, and, and this is a very serious man who was a, a, a philosophy professor, <laughs> but that was what he did in his, his free time because he was, he was a happy person and believed in being happy. So I knew that there had to be something to happiness and grief. And when, when I started really paying attention and instead of reading books on grief, reading books on happiness and uh, finding fun movies to watch and being able to talk to people about something else besides how sad I was or how I was doing because somebody's always asking you how you're doing and right. I finally came up with saying the best I can because I, I got asked that question all the time and I, I just I didn't necessarily want to talk about it all the time I appreciated it when there was somebody that I did need to say something to right but I I found that the more I happiness uh, not happiness the more I focused on happiness the better I felt the healthier I got and the more I could help other people, which makes me feel really good too. What's been one of the challenges with either writing the book or just with your own level of grief? What's been one of your own personal challenges that you've experienced with just this whole process? That's a really good question. Because, um, you know, as much as I talk about happiness, it's not, it's not always that way. And there, there are just certain times that uh, like... This year, on the fourth anniversary of my husband's dying, I was, I just fell apart. And I was really surprised because I thought I was in a really good place by then. And I was, but when I started feeling that way and started being teary all day long, I thought, I'm just going to let myself do this. And it, it wasn't the first time that that's happened. It, it does happen. And it's okay that it happens. And it's okay to take care of yourself in the process. Don't, I was talking about not judging other people. Don't judge yourself in this process. Mm -hmm. Feel what you feel, experience what you experience, and take care of yourself in the process.
That's really good words of wisdom. And I'm definitely going to do my best to make sure I apply that with my, my husband as well, to make sure that I don't say the wrong thing, which has been my biggest thing is not saying the wrong thing, trying to be supportive, but also, you know, encouraging if that's even possible. Um, but I do wanted to talk, I did want to talk to you about, you said about the happiness um, beyond grief. And did you want to talk about the the part of where you're becoming a happiness, what did you call it? What's the word that you call a it? A certified happy for no reason trainer. <laughs> that is a, a mouthful, but what does that even mean? Uh, well, it's really cool. Uh, Marcy Shimoff has been known worldwide for her happiness. She, she wrote the book, Happy for No Reason, and then later a book called Love for No Reason. And they're, they're both excellent books. And I'd gotten a lot of uh, support from them. And she made it her mission in life to go around the world to as big of groups as, and she'd have huge groups that she would talk to, to teach different ways to be happy, different things that people can use, happiness practices, she calls them, so that they, they can feel better. And when I heard earlier this year that she actually had realized that she couldn't train everybody in the world, <laughs> that right. she could use some help. <laughs> she, she started a certification program so that she could allow people to use all the things that she has to teach people these happiness techniques and happiness practices and how to be happy. And also to use them in whatever else that they're doing, that they don't have to teach just happy for no reason classes, but like with me, since I, my big thing is being able to be happy in grief and grieve at the same time, I saw such a, a wonderful connection. So I, I became a certified trainer and now I, when I'm uh, doing speaking to, I love to speak to groups. I'm doing it all online right now, but I'm, I'm happy to speak to, to groups as a, a guest speaker. Um, I can talk about grief and happiness at the same time. I have a new membership program that is coming out. It's called uh, the ha Grief and Happiness Alliance, where it's just a, a, a peer support group where we'll do writing together and we'll learn different happiness practices and we'll talk together. And we do that every week online, once a week. I like that. And yeah, it's, it's really wonderful. I mean, we're in a, the process of doing a pilot program of it right now to, to see how it all works and see what I need more of or less of or that sort of thing. But the people involved are thrilled with the idea. And I'm really looking forward to having people um, sign up and participate in them. I think it's, it's going to be, and, and it's an ongoing thing. It, it's not like a class that you take and then it's over. It's support for as long as you want it. What are the, what are three and, and three examples of what you may like personally like for self-care? Like what are the three go-tos? What are the things that you like to do that encourages your self-care? That's a good question. Uh, one of them is being okay by myself. And so I, I like to, since I'm in Hawaii, I like to go down and go for a walk on a beach, mm -hmm. uh, especially when, when there's not a lot of people there. And I can just not have to think about anything and, and just do that. Another thing I do for self-care is to be creative. I've, I've always liked to create things. I do ceramic sculpture. I've been a, a costume designer, I've done lots of theater. I've, I've done all kinds of different things, make quilts. And one thing I thought I couldn't do <laughs> was to draw. Mm. And before the pandemic started and, and we have this fabulous art center here on Maui that, that has classes. I thought, I'm just going to sign up for a drawing class. And I discovered that I can draw and that I love to draw and it feels so good. I can really get lost in drawing. I could sit and draw all afternoon and let the world go by. And if, if I'm starting to feel a little down or out of sorts or something, I know that I can pull out my, drawing pad and my, I like colored pencils, I really good colored pencils. And uh, I'm amazed at, at the things that come out. So that's another thing. Uh, another thing I like to do is to uh, eat well. I, mm -hmm. I like to cook. So I cook healthy food that's not processed, that I can feel good about eating. 
so that I know that I'm practicing self-care by taking good care of myself, by watching, uh, by giving myself things that serve me. That's amazing. I'm, I love all the three, three things that you gave. Is there one happiness technique that you can leave with the people as they're listening that they can maybe start the process of getting the wheels turning so that if they're able to join when you get your pilot up, mm-hmm. um, that they may be like, I want more. What's one happiness technique that you want to leave with our audience? Uh, one of the things that you can do is to do something to pass on happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, to, you know, it doesn't, doesn't need to be anything that costs you money or anything, but figure out a way that you can pass on some happiness, something that you can do for somebody. One thing I did this week was uh, I watched a, a new movie that's out. Uh, I don't remember which, I think it's prime. It may be prime. Uh, that's a, a different version of Cinderella. And, I love that movie. Uh, the, the, did, did you see I with saw the that movie? Like, I went to the premiere. I love that movie it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing but it's from the from the first time they come out into the end it's just singing happiness it's it's everything it is so happy it, it's really good it's it's got so many things i love the fact that that cinderella was portrayed in as, as a strong person you usually right. think of her a, a wimpy person to feel sorry, sorry for. So. Right. I think they show Cinderella traditionally as someone who needed this, you know, this guy mm-hmm. to come in and save her to or save her. figure it out. Yeah. They flipped the script on that. And it's amazing. My daughter, I have a th- two daughters and a son. And my youngest is like a little budding feminist. And um, she was just like, she's seven. And she's like, oh my gosh, yes, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. It was hilarious in the theater. But I mean, I just love that part that they really gave her like her own thing. Like she just had her own thing. And that just like inspires me. Yeah, it, me too. And I, I just loved it. I felt so good when I watched it. I, I watched it with my adult son and he liked it. <laughs> so well, we, was, we watched it at the premiere and then we came home and watched it like two times since then. I just love oh, it. Yeah. Well, I couldn't wait after I, I watched it. I couldn't wait to tell people about it because it made me so happy. I thought this is a way I can pay it forward to give them something that can make them feel really happy. And one of the things that I noticed in the film, I have a really, really good friend who's a doctor. And when she went to college, she went to college to be, to do musical theater. And that's what she did. And she ended up both her parent, her dad was a doctor, doctors in the family, that sort of a thing. So she finally succumbed and became a doctor anyway, but she really had her heart in, in that. And she looked so much like Cinderella to me, but I didn't know her back in the day when she was doing theater. And I'm a real theater person and have yeah. had my own theater, done a lot of theater. And as I was watching it, I thought she would be so perfect in that part that she would have been just wonderful in the part of Cinderella. And so I wrote her and told her that. And she watched the movie first before she wrote me back, but she was just so touched that, that I, I was thinking about her that way, especially since I'd never seen her perform before. That's so, good. and she, she has a, a daughter that's in middle school and, and she, they both uh, got a whole lot out of the movie. So doing something like that, finding something that makes you happy and finding a way to give it to somebody else. And with that, it didn't cost me a thing, you know, <laughs> But I gave them something of great value that, uh, and and I'm going to continue to do that particular one because I love that movie. <laughs> I do love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, if our, our our community of listeners and they're listening and they maybe need their book, they may need to get a part of your group. Like, how can they get a hold of? One, the book, we will have this in the show notes, everyone. So if you're listening and you're like, I didn't catch that, trust me, we will have it all in the show notes so that everything is crystal clear. But how can they get a hold of one, the book, how to reach you, all of the things? Okay, well, my, my book is named Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. And that's my website name, Loving and Living okay. Your Way Through Grief.com. It's also my email, Emily Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief.com. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, you can contact me through my website. I'm also on all kinds of social media. I'm on Instagram a lot. 
I and I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, I love Instagram. We'll add all that in the show notes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you my uh, link for that that you can put in the, the show notes. But I do all, all other kinds of um, Instagram also. And on my, or not Instagram, social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my website, when you go onto it, there is a way that you can sign up to get a, a preview of the book. And when you sign up for that, that, that gets you on my mailing list so that you can get my blog that comes out once a week. It's it's not long. It's not a whole bunch of stuff that you get in the mail, but it's it's uh, something positive and supportive each week. And it also comes in a, a little newsletter. So I tell you about this is when the classes are be, are going to be that I'm holding, or uh, this is where you can uh, hear me on a podcast, or this is when the the uh, Grief and Happiness Alliance is starting and meeting and you can sign up there. So everything kind of revolves around what you can get uh, either on my website or from signing up for my uh, emails that I send out. And it's there's a lot of support there, a whole lot of support. And I'm, I'm really happy to give it to you. I'm loving that. I love that you're about supporting other people. Um, one of the reasons that I started this podcast was to be of support to someone else um, I started my journey through, um, with being a blogger first and then a podcaster, um, through postpartum depression. And once I went through mm. that, I didn't have anybody that conveyed at the time that they had went through it. So I was kind of like by myself and then navigating that. And that's kind of how, that's not even kind of, that is how the blog started. And then the podcasting uh, within the last year has been a part of that. Just some people may not be able to read they are not necessarily want to read a blog, but they're willing to sit down and listen. And I'm always a firm believer that everybody should get what they need in some form. So if you can't hear it, if you can't read it, it's going to come in some form. So I'm grateful to have you on our on our show because it's about helping someone else. It's not about me. It's not about any of those things. It's literally about how can somebody else be encouraged? How can someone else be built up? How can somebody else be supported? One of the biggest things that I've lacked in different various times in my life is the lack of support. So knowing that someone like yourself is supporting other people, especially through one of the toughest things that anyone can go through, which is grief and learning how to live beyond that, which is the biggest question. One of the biggest things that people struggle with, I believe when it comes to grief is that that after what happens after the fact. So knowing that someone like you is out here making sure you're doing your work to help someone else is a blessing to myself, but to other people as well. Thank you. It's, uh, it's my honor and pleasure to do. I'm so grateful. So thank you so much, Emily, for being on our, our episode. And we are going to make sure again, if you're listening, you may be doing other things while you're listening to this podcast but we will make sure that we have everything that you could possibly need to fill that support that Emily has for you. And so that if you want to join um, the things that she has, some of the classes, because you may need that, we're going to make sure that you can get connected, make sure you get on her mailing list. So you'll know all the things that are dropping because you want to have support, 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 support. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.